Well, hey there, this is Keith. Listen, before we start the episode today, I just wanted to take a moment and speak directly to anyone who might be listening who's still in the closet. Well, the first thing I want to tell you is that's perfectly okay. Do what is best for you when it is best. Never let anyone else pressure you in this decision. But let's say that you are thinking about coming out, or there's a part of you that really does want to come out, but you want to do so very carefully, very slowly, very strategically, and even very selectively. Well, if that's you, my friend, I've got you covered. I want you to go to the show notes and use a link there to check out my Selective Outage Method digital course. I think you're going to be surprised, and I believe it'll help you as you plan your coming out. All right, let's get on with the podcast. Hello, and welcome to Coffee with Keith. I'm Keith Brown, the bisexual specialist, and my main mission in life is to help my bisexual family create the life they desire and deserve and construct authentic and affirming faith if they want. But listen, this podcast is for the entire queer community. So you are welcome here, my friend, I promise. On Mondays, it's Bi Talks, where I answer questions and talk about all things related to bisexuality. On Wednesdays, it's Table Talks. This is where I either do a solo episode or invite wonderful guests into the podcast to talk about all things related to the queer community, especially as it deals with Christianity. And then on Fridays, it's Bible Talks, where it's just me sharing some devotion and application from Scripture. So, I invite you to grab that coffee, have a seat at my table, and let's chat on this episode of Coffee with Keith. Hello, my friend. Welcome to this edition of Bible Talks. I'm Keith Brown. So glad that you could join me for this week as we continue our walk through the book of Acts. You remember, if you were with me last week, we talked about how there was a need that arose between the people that were coming to this group that were following the teaching of Peter and the other disciples. These Hellenistic widows were being uncared for. So when this was brought to the disciples' attention, they said, okay, select among you seven reputable men. Uh, in this case, they were men to uh, fill this position and help us delegate and distribute the funds and the necessary things that they need. So they did that and they picked those people. And one of those was Stephen. And Stephen was a very reputable man. And it's interesting as we pick up the story in context here, that Stephen begins to also, not only is he uh, sharing these things with widows, he's doing the job of, quote, deacon, he is also still also speaking the truth about Christ. He's still proclaiming the resurrection Jesus. He's still teaching about the lessons that Jesus gave. And so you could expect, rightly so, that what happened to the disciples like Peter as they were doing this was certainly going to happen to Stephen. And indeed, it did. But here's a little rub that was different. The people began to take notice of him and be upset with him. So what they did is they began to make stuff up about Stephen. So they brought him into the head, the heads of the church at that time, the, the Jewish heads, and they began to tell all these things 
about Stephen that he was doing, which he really wasn't. And it was all about making him out to be some uh, heretic is what they were trying to prove. And because they couldn't do it legitimately, they were making up all kinds of stories. And it's interesting as you read this account in the book of Acts, the way Stephen responds. Because what he does is he begins to share with them information and evidence of faith based on their own tradition. What what am I mean by that? Well, he begins to talk about Moses. He begins to talk about the captivity in Egypt. He begins, he talks about Abraham and the father of Abraham and the many nations. He talks about circumcision, for instance. He talks about all these very technical parts of Jewish history and tradition. He was laying the foundation, goes, look, you have said that I am against Abraham. I am speaking out of turn. I am blaspheming against the Jewish tradition and God. And yet I am telling you that I am knowledgeable of all these things and I am speaking truth and I'm not doing any of the things that they said I was doing. And He's laid it all out for them. But here's the thing. It didn't do much good. Because what they wound up doing is taking Stephen and taking him out and begin to stone him. And before we leave this session today, I want to reiterate and magnify the words that Stephen gave us at his stoning. But here's the thing. As I read this story, and I sort of think about it, and I go, okay, what relation can that have to me? Um, I'm not going to be called into the principal's office to be told that that um, I'm blaspheming against the Jewish tradition. I'm not going to be stoned, probably, not literally. So what application And I started thinking about this, and I go, you know what? The first thing is that when people have an issue with you, there's nothing necessarily that you did to cause it. Stephen didn't do anything wrong. He didn't do anything that they were accusing him of. The Bible clearly says here that they were making stuff up. And I don't know about you, but I've had situations in my life when people began ang- became angry with me about something, or they be- they thought they knew something, and they began to make all types of false statements and accusations and untruths. So the first lesson that I take from this is, you know, sometimes no matter what I do, no matter what I say, no matter how I live, no matter any of that, there's still some people I'm going to tick off. There's still some people that aren't going to be happy with me. There's some people I'm going to disappoint. In fact, there's some people that can't be happy for you about anything because some of those people are very unhappy or negative people, and you just happen to be a target. The second lesson that I learned from this story of Stephen is the fact that 
Stephen did, I think, what is absolutely a common and a natural response. He began to, he denied what they were saying. Pretty logical, right? If we are attacked, the first thing that we want to do is to begin to deny it. You know, we're going to say, no, you know, I'm not guilty of that. And then Stephen went on to try to give evidence. And I think that sometimes we do the same thing. We try to share, no, what you're saying is wrong or what you're thinking is not right. Here is the truth. Here is what I'm saying. Here's what I am doing. Here's what I meant. Here's what, you know, all these things. But sometimes that still doesn't do any good. There are times when we can try to defend ourselves against the slings and arrows of of attack from others. And we can state our case even like a Perry Mason in a courtroom. And it doesn't do any good. People won't believe or people won't accept or people have their minds so made up that they're not willing to even consider. And then what's even worse is that sometimes those people won't let that be enough. For some reason, people go beyond just a disappointment with you or an anger with you or a uh, misunderstanding with you, whatever the case may be, and they put harmful actions behind their anger or their hatred or their frustration with you. And they purposely begin to try to destroy you or bring you down. Just like they did with Stephen. They weren't just trying to prove him wrong. They weren't just trying to say that he was out here doing things just to prove the point. What they wanted to do was truly stone him, end his life, stop him in his tracks, take it to the nth degree. And my dear friend, there are people who will try to do that to us as well. So as we think about this and we think about that this can happen and there are sometimes things that we can do to prevent it and then there's times that we can't do anything to prevent it. And there are always people who will be upset and disappointed with us no matter what we do. But there's another way I want to just think about this for a moment, and it's sort of to flip the script. Turn the mirror around, if you will, sort of like taking that selfie. We can take the turn the phone on the camera and we're looking out. We got to hit that button to turn it around so that it reflects us. Maybe we need to do that with this. Am I guilty of doing that when it comes to others? Am I automatically thinking the worst of someone? Am I automatically taking judgment and thinking things that aren't true about them, perhaps? Am I jumping to conclusions about people? Am I trying to talk about them and gossip about them in hopes that it'll make me look better and them look worse? Am I guilty of that? 
And if I am, then am I any better off or a better person than the folks in this story? I said that I wanted to get to the very end of this section, the stoning of Stephen, because two things are really prominent there that we need to understand. The first is the words that Stephen says. If you read them closely, they actually echo the words of Jesus on the cross. When both of them, Jesus and Stephen, says, Father, forgive them for what they do. As Stephen was being stoned to death, his prayer was to forgive these people. How powerful is that? How challenging is that, right? I don't know about you, but there have been people who have hurt me very deeply often on false false assumptions. And sometimes the last thing I want to do is ask God to forgive them or even forgive them myself. But then I'm reminded about the true nature of forgiveness. That forgiveness is more of a releasing of power than it is to prove or correct a wrong. So maybe when I'm forgiving, I'm giving myself one of the best gifts I can give myself. I'm releasing the power of that pain, that hurt, that misunderstanding, that ugly behavior. By forgiving it, maybe I'm just releasing its power over me. At least that's how I view forgiveness. There's one more little caveat of information here that is important. There was a cheerleader at this event who was standing by witnessing, probably to some degree very happy about what he was seeing. And that was a Pharisee named Saul. Because in a little line in this text, it says that they laid their coats, their garments, at the feet of one named Saul. That's right. The same Saul that would become Paul. Do you think that the way Stephen responded had anything to do with the man that Paul would eventually become? I don't know. But part of me 
truly likes to think so. All right, that's it for this week's Bible Talks. I appreciate you watching or listening, whichever the case may be. I thank you for that time, and I pray that you will heal your hurts, move your mountains, and that God truly will bless you. Bye-bye, my friend. Well, there you go, my friend, this episode of Coffee with Keith. Thank you, thank you, thank you from the bottom of my heart for listening. Now, please stick around. One more announcement I want to give you. God bless you. See you next time.